It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year Hey, this is Super Dave. Thank you for joining me once again for another episode of Leading Edge Interviews where we dig a little deeper into the minds and the hearts of the people who are making all kinds of great music out there. Now, I know that most people don't immediately think of progressive rock or metal when you talk about Mark Tremonti of Creed, of Alter Bridge fame, and of course of his own band Tremonti. And yet, if you listen to a lot of his work out there, the dude does have some serious actual prog cred, even though he doesn't get into the pool fully. He definitely has a foot in there a lot of times. And if you listen especially to some of his stuff in Tremonti, he absolutely dove full in on that. So, might seem unusual on the surface, but not. But then again, other circumstances are part of this. It's similar to when somebody asks you if you're a god. If you have the opportunity to talk to one of the top echelon guitar heroes in the business today about his newly released Christmas album in the middle of the holiday season, there's only one answer. You say yes. I had the distinct pleasure of sitting down to talk with Mark Tremonti about his brand new Christmas album, which is an outgrowth of his album, Mark Tremonti Sings Sinatra, Sings Frank Sinatra, in which he carries on that spirit and that style into Christmas classics, new and old. And he brings some of that Sinatra swagger and style into your living room for Christmas, hopefully. And it's a very cool album, and I had a really great time talking with Mark. And here is that interview right now. Hey, first off, I want to say uh, what an honor and a pleasure to be talking today, sir. I've been a long-term fan for you, and uh, I really appreciate you giving me your time today. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's uh, kind of a cool thing to be doing with someone that's got the long-term history you've got and to be doing something as unusual comparatively as we're going to be talking about today. So yes. that, of course, would be, you've got a Christmas album out, which is so cool. Uh, <laughs> Christmas classics, old and new. And so if I'm not mistaken, of course, this seems like a very natural follow-up from Mark Tremonti sings Frank Sinatra. Um, so I guess I got to be curious, when you were recording that album, was this something that was already maybe sitting in the back of your mind somewhere that you might follow it up with a Christmas album? Well, the funny thing is, is the reason why I had the idea that I could try to sing like Frank Sinatra was from singing Christmas songs. You know, I think I started with Bing Crosby, you know, dreaming, singing white Christmas. <laughs> and when I'd sing, you know, at Christmas parties, singing Christmas songs, it just felt, it felt great. I'm like, you know what? It's one thing singing for my 20 friends at a karaoke party, but it'd be great to be able to do a Christmas record at some point. Yeah. So when I put out this Termani Sing Sinatra record and, and some folks were like, you know what, you should do a Christmas record. I was like, yeah, you know, I should do a Christmas record. <laughs> I think, I think they talked <laughs> to it almost immediately. So it's been, it's been one of the most uh, fun, exciting experiences I've ever had in the studio. Um, and I recorded it back in April, so I've been dying to get it out. I can imagine. Yeah, that was, I think, quite a revelation for not just me, but a lot of people, I guess, that didn't already know you personally. 
when the album came out last year and just what a dead ringer you were for Sinatra, both in tone and delivery and everything. That it's amazing. That sounds like you've been practicing that for a long time. I put I put a lot, a lot of hours into it, but it was I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, I get it. And I can imagine, of course, that it was pretty easy to get the same crew back because I understand it is pretty much the same crew. Um, and I've I've lost track of his name now, the producer. Um, Jim or, or Carrie Deadman? Carrie Deadman. Yeah, there we go. I, I kept coming up with Deadwood in my head, and I'm like, I know that's not right. The most heavy <laughs> name in the business. Yeah, big name, huh? I guess you, they all just were ready to come on back and do this with you as well, huh? Yeah, well, this was so we have the same the same cast of characters on the brass side of things, but yeah. then we added three new uh, stringed instruments to to this album, and then we added a choir, and we had a whole day of of awesome uh, percussion. You know, so we had the timpanis brought in, we had the huge concert bass drums, and uh, everything you could think of. You know that uh, that would fit this record. We had the French horns, we had. Uh, Gosh, it was, it was just about, and I had a microphone that, that um, I went to Paul Reed Smith's studio and he has a collection of these incredible microphones. And there was this one I'd never heard of and it blew all the other ones away. And I borrowed that and I begged him if I, to buy it off of him after the record was done. So I, I'm now the owner of this mic that I just can't uh, live without. Nice. <laughs> it's perfect. Nice discovery along the way, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. I can imagine it's it's doing an album like this one or the last one, of course, uh, is is really a big switch off from what you've been used to doing long term. And I got to wonder what kind of challenges that offers that that you don't have to face when you're doing an album with Alter Bridge or Tremonti or something like that. Yeah, well, this stuff is done very quickly. Like we will record in days, not months or weeks. So yeah. we, we we go in and. This Christmas record was recorded, I think, in five or six days. Wow. So, uh, you know, one day we'd go in and we would do 17 brass and they would cut each song two times maybe and be done with it. And then, um, you know, a lot of a lot of the time is fiddling around with mic, mic placement and all this yeah. stuff, feeding everybody lunch when that's done. And the band's in and out of there with their performances really quick. Yeah. The next day we went in, had the strings and that was another amazing day then the next day um we went to it was the choir i believe and i sang with the choir for the first day and then for the last two days i i tracked vocals and that was it you know two days of tracking vocals versus you know a rock record you're spending a week or two two weeks probably tracking yeah. vocals um so everything is just quick turnaround you got to love it. You, you're living, you got to, you have to be prepared to go into the studio with this stuff. Um, not as far as these guys, these guys, they read their sheet music and they play what they see. Yeah, and they do that's amazing. Excellently. So, you know, when you go in there, you know, they're going to nail it. You got to make sure you can nail it because you don't have a lot of time to do it. Right. You got some serious professionals there backing you up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got to guess, of course, you know, my understanding from what I've read, but also, my best guess is that Christmases were pretty special for you growing up, as they were for those yep. of us that, and all that. What is it you think you recall most fondly from your Christmases growing up? And, and I got to guess listening to Sinatra was part of that, but I imagine there were other things as well. Yeah, I mean, I always, when I think of Christmas, I think of um, 
I think Christmas Eve, we would go to my grandparents' house and we would get our first present of the year that night before Christmas. And me and my, all my cousins would be over there running around the house, creating havoc. Um, you know, my parents and grandparents would be cooking everybody's dinner, you know, Christmas dinner. And we'd play hide and seek. They had a kind of a creepy basement that we'd run down in, in uh, just best memories ever, you know, and listening to the old school Sinatra Christmas songs and Andy Williams Christmas songs. And um, it was, it was just great. Yeah. I can imagine I, a friend of mine back in the day, Italian family, you know, so their gatherings, which I got invited to on several occasions were just raucous, fun, loving events, you know, a lot of love going around the household and, and all that. And I could see, made me a little jealous, made me wish I wasn't such a wasp, you know, because. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, half my family's Italian, half my family were, I think, in Irish, English. Yeah. And we spent most, most of my childhood was with my mother's side of the family. That's the larger side of the family. And we'd, we spend time with both, but um, okay. usually my grandmother on my mother's side was the one that would host Christmas Eve. And she wasn't Italian, but she was a great cook. Nice. Sounds fun. I, I We're fairly close to the same age. You're a little bit younger than I am, but I can flash back to those years. And I love Christmas music myself. So it's a lot of that started with... Uh, First and foremost, of course, the, the the kids' shows and all that that would be on TV. But my mm -hmm. dad had these three, I guess, traditional kind of 50s, 60s-style albums. Now, they weren't anything as cool as Sinatra, unfortunately. They were what I would refer to as lovingly as cheesy. Yeah. And I got to wonder if these things came up in your family gatherings, whether it's uh, Ray Conniff or Harry Simeon or Percy Faith, because those were three albums my dad had that I finally was able to get a hold of myself. Sure, I heard all those when I was a kid, but uh, yeah, I mean, we were we were we were never listening to specific albums. I think they would have on the local radio station right. that would play whatever Christmas songs were, were streaming. I can't even remember them having a record player at my grandparents' house. Not good. Um, it must have been radio back then. Yeah, yeah. Dad had the three records. He put them on and put the speakers on the front porch so the whole neighborhood could listen in. Not that I think they were all that powerful, but. Yeah. Just something that was part of the holiday for me. And and that's where, you know, that that's that's part of my tradition that I can recall. Yeah. And and that's where, you know, it was easy to segue into Sinatra and Crosby and all that as well. So it's yeah, it's kind of nice to have that whole family tradition that people can lean on. And I imagine that's part of what propelled you to make this album as well. Uh, yeah, I wanted to sound like the stuff that I grew up listening to, and I wanted the original song to be something that sounded like it was written in the fifties. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to have a polished, brand modern Christmas album. You know, it's. Uh, I think there's an there's plenty of those records if you want that, but I wanted to have it sound like a traditional old school yeah. um, Christmas record. And I would say, from what I've heard, you nailed that. It, seg it fit right in there perfectly. If I were not looking for there to be a, a an extra song in there, so to speak, that wasn't one of those traditional ones or ones written back in the day, I wouldn't have picked up on it. But, you know, I knew it was there, so I looked for it. Yeah. And I, I'm impressed, you know. Like, how, how hard did you find it to come up with that and make it fit just the way you wanted to? It was uh, it was a big challenge. It what You know, it, you know, it, it came... Uh... I can't say it was super difficult because it was a lot of fun. You know, it was uh, 
when I was practicing singing like Frank Sinatra, I, I was like, you know, I don't think I could ever write a big band jazz song. It's just not in my DNA. I don't think I could do it, but let me try. Yeah. So I, um, I would just kind of walk around singing melodies and be like, all right, what if I sing, you know, I'd sing random melodies. And one day I sang the Christmas morning melody, the first in the, in the chorus section there. And I, uh, I was like, ah, and the ly lyrics came out that sounded like a Christmas song. So I'm like, all right, here's a, well, let me see if I can do this. And, uh, I sat on that for years before I decided to do a Christmas song and finish writing this. And, you know, when you write the melodies that you can kind of hear in your head, how it should be orchestrated and, I sat down with Carrie Deadman and and uh, gave him the pitch and the uh, and the and the melody, and then we went chord by chord as far as the chord voices went, and then he masterminded all the instrumentation. Nice, yeah. It's it, it's in a sweet little song too. It's really, I think, very much representative of your mindset going into this is is wanting to contribute something to helping to carry on the Christmas tradition with family and all that. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, like I said, it's, it just, uh, goes back to, to how I felt about Christmas back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. That comes through. I would certainly say. So when you look back at this, now that it's, it's done and it's out, which parts of this process of making this album, would you say you relish the most and, other than perhaps coming up with a 50 style tune, what was most challenging in it for you? Um, well, create creatively wise, I think going through every single uh, version you could possibly find of the performances of these songs, um, songs like Oh Holy Night, First Noel, those are big epic songs and there's so many versions of them. And you have to figure out what lyrics you're going to sing because they're sung different all the time. Yeah. And, uh, they're not sometimes they're sung kind of like an old Englishy kind of thing where instead of they looked up, it would be they look it up. So you're saying weird phrasings. It's like, I don't want to, you know, at first I'm like, I want to try and find versions where it doesn't have any of that, that kind of stuff in it. But I was in the end, I'm like, you know what? It's traditionally that way. I'm going to do it that way. Um, and as far as the core changes and little special things that happen throughout all the different versions I've heard, I would make notes and say, all right, this version of this song, I really love the chord they go to at the end of this first chorus section. Let's put it into ours. I like the intro from this one. I like the phrasing of the vocals this guy did or this lady did. Yeah. Um, I put them all into the uh, into these songs. Some of them are way more straightforward, like um, most wonderful time of the year. That is that it just needs to be that, you know, yeah. I didn't want to experimental with that um jingle bells i straight up went with with uh sinatra's version of that you know and that's really the only sinatra christmas song on the on the record other than maybe um uh let it snow i kind of took a dean martin and a frank sinatra and i jammed them together you know dean martin did a great arrangement of the song but he did it i felt slower than i wanted to do it yeah. Frank Sinatra did a more upbeat swinging right. kind of thing. So I took the tempo of Frank's and the vocal phrasing of Frank's and I put it over the Dean Martin arrangement um, in a way. Right. So a lot of that experimentation was was um, fun in a challenging way, you know, to, to make it all to make it all work. As far as performance wise, Oh Holy Night was the hardest song to sing I think I've ever sang in the studio because not of not of the high notes, you know, you might think when you hear the end of the song, there's the big 
you know, the big high, held out high notes. It's all the, um, the low notes. They're mm-hmm. so exposed. You know, when I'm doing rock, I'm never singing. Oh, I'm not singing down there much. Right. So some, some words sing better than others. Some of these old songs, uh, it takes a little bit of getting used to. So it, that was, that was kind of tough. Yeah, I can imagine. And I understand, I think, Oh, Holy Night is, if I remember correctly, it's got special meaning for you. That's uh, one you especially loved. Oh, absolutely. There's, um, I mean, I did so much homework on that song and I came across so many great versions of it, but one really, really got me. Um, there's a gentleman named David Phelps who just does a version of that song live. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you know, look it up on YouTube. It blew me away. It's, um, you, ha- you definitely have to give it to the end because once he starts hitting his, his high tenor notes, it's yeah. one of the best tenors I've ever heard. So it's, um, it, it blew me away. Right. Nice. So once I, once I heard that, I took his, uh, the whole second half of the song. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sing the lyrics that he uses on this song, his, his choice of lyrics. I'm going to use them. And as far as his um, vocal phrasing in the end part is so epic, I want to use his vocal fr- uh, mm-hmm. phrasing. So when I went to carry dead man with the arrangement, I'm like, you know, let's listen to what he's doing here. And Carrie told me, he's like, you know, when I listen to it, you're lucky because his his vocal range is one octave higher than yours. So you can actually sing what he's singing, but he's just way, way that, you know, in the stratosphere above you. But you can still kind of um, take what inspired you as far as his vocal phrasing and, and go with it. Very cool. Yeah, you've inspired me to go hunt this one down now. I don't think I am familiar with this that I can recall. Definitely get to the end where he starts hitting his... Uh, you know, he it's it's a um, the video is if if him sitting in a theater, and behind him is a huge choir of maybe I don't know, 30, 40 people sitting in in chairs, and he's got a piano player that's going nuts, and the choir's just sitting there enjoying the performance until the very end of the song where they all come in at once, and that's when it's really turns into magic. Nice. It's it's funny. I wouldn't have expected that talking to you, but it, twice now in this discussion i have flashed back two episodes of fraser i don't know if you watch the show at all or not but not i just call yeah fraser's father martin first wanting to write his own sinatra song uh-huh and then secondly struggling with trying to sing in the choir for he had the solo for that high part in oh holding night so now i've gotten him oh. both times in this <laughs> wow I, I, yeah i don't think i've ever i maybe saw fraser once or twice the show but i was you know of course Cheers, I saw a million times. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I understand proceeds from this album are going out to a cause that's near and dear to your heart as well. You want to talk about that a little bit as well? Well, the performances are the, um, you know, the Tremonti Singh Sinatra record and all of the live performances all go to National Down Syndrome Society yeah. and Mile for Stella Tremonti Clinic. The Christmas record does not because the, the budget was so huge for this record that I didn't want to drain all the <laughs> all the from the other things that we've raised because we raised over a million dollars for um for the national down syndrome society in its first year the sinatra record um, that's amazing and like this show that we've got coming up on the 16th i know we've already you know raised over one hundred sixty thousand dollars before the shows even happened for it because a lot of people are just generous they hear about the clinic and i have friends that are coming in and donating you know, huge amounts of money towards it because, you know, a lot of my friends are older now, their kids are in college, they're looking for a cause and they see this little girl and they, you know, 
it's turned into a lot of my my friends um cause so everybody's just so supportive and they'll all be there at the show and it's just going to be a it's going to be a great night that's awesome yeah it's going to and that was the other part i think i was going to be asking you about as well is the idea that you're taking you get some gigs coming up on the road i think what the december 16th one is the christmas album but uh, uh, the other three also the christmas album or are they going to be no that's strictly sinatra because yeah. no your christmas after new year's you know okay. so it's even even on the 26th of december they don't want to hear christmas songs anymore so uh but even even the show on the 16th is going to be the first half of the set will be the sinatra you know the best of the sinatra songs and then um christmas the second half excellent that's very very cool yeah it sounds like a lot of fun and and uh i can imagine it was really a great time making those albums Incredible. For you, them, but especially the christmas one it sounds like that one really was close to your heart i can't wait for volume two <laughs> good uh, that that answers any other question i might have had about is there going to be another in the future very cool to hear and you know you'll hear uh well whoever's at the show will hear three new songs that we didn't have on the record two of them will be in you know choir and band without me so kind of like a Ooh. so we'll do the sinatra thing and then i'll kind of um say it's time to get on this christmas gig and then the band will play um coral of the Be uh, um carol of the bells which you know incredible tune and then i'll come back on play through the record and then there's a uh a song that I've never I never heard in my life until two days ago blew me away. It's an English Christmas song from a movie called The Snowman called Walking in the Air. Oh, okay. I sent it to my uh, arranger, Carrie Deadman, the producer for the Christmas record. And I said, yeah, you know, can we pull off another arrangement for the show? And he's all like, you know, we can't, you know, we don't have time. This is, this is, we're, <laughs> down, we're down to the last minute here because he has to do all the arrangements for, it's one thing doing a record when you have 52 musicians. And then when you do live and you have 34, however many he is, he has to reorchestrate everything. So he's busy as hell. But when I sent him the song I wanted to do, he's like, this is an incredible song. We have to do it. This could be the best song of the night. So um, I'm sitting here trying to memorize this song, get it in the muscle memory. Um, but I'm excited. It's probably the song I'm looking forward to performing the most because it's the newest and most exciting you know, whatever's new is, is exciting and, and yeah. music. That's awesome. That's something, a uh, special treat for the folks that are going to be there for the live performance, going to get to see. Oh, and then sleigh bells. At, when, when the show's okay. over, when the crowd is, you know, when it's pretty much good night, the, the band's going to play sleigh bells, you know. Um, <laughs> so they'll do that without me as, uh, as the crowd's kind of winding down. Cool. Sounds like an awesome time. There's anything you want people to walk away from after hearing this album what would it be what was the one thing you really want to accomplish with this i just want people to to uh you know hopefully have been brought back to their the, the happiness of their childhood and what christmas meant to them growing up and uh in the long run i would love it to be something that just becomes a legacy piece that goes on you know way after i'm gone you know just yeah. because it's, christmas music just never goes away and if I could get Christmas morning to get into that rotation of Christmas classics, that would be a dream come true. Yeah. Well, I think you're on your way to that. And I think yeah. with that song of yours, um, you, you're going to, it's going to hit. It's, it's great. It fits in so nicely. And hey, quick fun fact, since you brought up the song, uh -huh. and maybe not until after you've done the performance, so it doesn't mess with your muscle memory or your head. Uh -huh. 
there is a version, uh, I think the same tune, entitled Snowman as Walking in the Air. Yep. On the Rainbow album, Bent Out of Shape. So you get to hear Richie Blackmore. Wow, okay. Do this thing over top of that that same tune. You may want to check that out someday. Well, it makes sense. I mean, Richie Blackmore is an English guy. So sure. uh, way more familiar. You know, nope, over here, people don't know that song. But yeah. over in it's like hearing the... You know the Charlie Brown Christmas. You know, you know it's uh, it's very common over there. So I'm glad to be able to introduce people over here to that song because I think it's incredible. Yeah, oh, very cool. Well, sir, I wish you the best with the album. I hope it's a huge success. I hope the show is wonderful. I wish I could be there to see it. It would be awesome. And yeah, on top of that, I'm wishing you a very Merry Christmas and a good New Year. Never too, it's never too late. December 16th, and get on a plane. <laughs> Not to think about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for your time again, Mark. I appreciate it. You take care of yourself and thank have a great you. one. Wonderful holiday season. You too. Absolutely. Take thank care. You. Well, if that conversation doesn't get you in the Christmas spirit, maybe listening to his new album will. Mark Tremonti, Christmas Classics, New and Old. That is out now. You can hear that wherever you can stream music or you can go ahead and purchase it. That might be the best thing to do. And, of course, he's got the live performance coming up at the Walt Disney Theater, 8 p.m. on December 16th. Mark Tremonti sings Frank Sinatra Christmas Special. Now, that sounds pretty damn awesome. And as I understand, tickets are still available. You can pick those up at TremontiSingsSinatra.com. So head there now. Grab your tickets. Could be a wonderful event for you and your family. Or at the very least, get the album and make it a part of your Christmas tradition, as I have done mine. It is now part of my 10-hour-plus Christmas playlist at this point in time, which, you know what, maybe I'll share for the masses. People might enjoy that. So anyway, thank you very much, Mark, for joining me on this conversation. I appreciate your time, sir. I hope the album does incredibly well. I hope the live performances you have coming up are great as well. Everything goes smashingly, as I'm sure will happen, because you've got this Sinatra style and delivery down, absolutely down. So excellent, my friend. Take care. Best wishes to you and your family for a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. Those of you watching and listening, I appreciate your time joining me as well. If you're on YouTube, please hit the like and subscribe buttons if you could and hit the bell if you want to be able to keep up when I download new content. That would be awesome. Also, social media links are below. I can be found on Twitter slash X, Facebook, Instagram. Check me out. Follow along in my adventures in the social media verse. And also, if you're into progressive rock, progressive metal, or you want to get into those or check them out at least, head to Live 365. My channel is The Expanse, all prog all day, all the time. So that's all I got for now. For those of you joining me, thank you once again. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy all the holidays. This is Super Dave, signing off. In the morning, the snow will be falling, and no Sure, our children believe in the glory of Christmas morning.